0: Hello, my name's Sam Barber and you're listening to episode one of my maiden podcast, A Light in the Dark. A very warm welcome to you all from the beautiful city of Hong Kong, my home of 14 years. Sit yourselves down and get comfortable as you've come to the right place. Today is the start of a journey, a musical journey. During the course of the next few episodes, I'm going to share with you the story of my songwriting journey from the very beginning to the present day and the lessons I've learned from it. So if you can take anything away from today, it is learning from the mistakes that I've made along the way in starting out as a would-be songwriter with nothing but an old guitar and a fistful of half-baked songs to releasing my first full album. I don't say that as a way to show off. As I know there are lots of songwriters out there way better than me, but instead as a way to motivate anyone out there who is thinking, or kind of thinking, to do the same. I hope this podcast can be of use to you. Carpe Diem. Seize the day, but work smart. Firstly, a little bit about me. My name's Sam Barber and I'm a 38-year-old primary school English teacher or a in a big and bustling inner city primary school in the new territories of Hong Kong. I've had the absolute honor of working at my school since August 2009, and every day has been a pleasure to work with such lovely people. Teaching remains a privilege. I've always enjoyed writing and sharing original resources for my students, including songs, poems, chants, and drama scripts under my pseudonym teacher Ham. Much of my material is inspired directly from the students and the funny stories that have taken place down the years. My story goes way back to the otherworldly mask-free days of 1998 in the UK. My first painfully unsuccessful stab at songwriting came after a classic series of events at the age of 15. A breakup with my girlfriend at secondary school. I wrote a song for her, but we didn't get back together. Therefore, from a relatively young age, I knew that songwriting was not as easy as it looks, and that I had lots of room for improvement. Fast forward nine years later to the evening of the 1st of June 2007, where hours after my final fourth-year guitar recital, I realized I was jaded and needed a break from music for a while. During the four years of my b in Edinburgh, I had pushed myself hard and spent up to five hours a day practicing classical guitar, and many others researching and writing assignments. Interestingly, I didn't write any songs at all during this time, nor did I think of writing any. Instead, I was deeply immersed in the interpretation of works of J.S. Bach, Augustin Barrios, Leo Brower and Miguel Jobet, for example. Looking back, it was an extremely carefree and happy period of my life, and to have had the opportunity to study in the beautiful, timeless grounds of Craig House Campus was a memory I shall never forget. It was a fairy tale-like setting, and the perfect inspiration for any study of the arts. Edinburgh, in general, is a beautiful place to study and a very literary city, always offering up endless glimpses of its rich and somewhat dark history. In my opinion, it remains the best city in the UK when all factors are taken into consideration. I met wonderful people, inspiring teachers and lifelong friends. I also met my first wife, who was from Hong Kong. And while some of my peers would embark on the path to Murray House and the life of a secondary school music teacher after the summer break, I had decided to try my hand at teaching English, and moved to Hong Kong, or the Fragrant Harbour as it's known in Cantonese, one month after graduation, in August 2007. Between 2008 and 2009, after I had settled in Hong Kong and was teaching full-time, I wrote a handful of songs, including Free Falling, that features on my debut EP, Hope, Love Never Dies, originally released in March, 2019. These songs were markedly better than my pathetic teenage attempts, but were rather sporadic in output. I recorded a rough demo of them initially, and they were put to one side and forgotten about. Sadly, that was more or less it for several years. By 2013, I decided to try and write an original song for my school's Peter Pan-inspired English drama show later that year. Previously my songwriting for students involved changing the lyrics to popular nursery rhymes, which was a somewhat easy option, as I didn't think I was capable of writing original songs for them. The truth was I hadn't really tried. The result was Far Across the Night Sky, which is also featured on the EP. I recorded a very basic version of it on GarageBand and after the drama show was finished, once more, I put it down and forgot about it. In summary of this first section, The lessons I learned during these formative years in songwriting are that when you write a song or anything creative, such as a poem or a story for example, keep a clear record of it on a word document and date it. Keep a running log. Also be sure to create a decent quality sound recording of the song, and preferably a video recording too, just in case you forget how to play the song later on. This may include guitar chords with singing over the top or a piano. Forgetting one of your own songs may sound unlikely. However, believe me, there are times when I've returned to play a song I wrote several years prior, And have forgotten it or parts of it a crucial chord or bridge for example which could make all the difference and destroy the original feeling of the song if all you have is a lyric sheet and a poor quality sound recording you have no choice but to relearn the song again wasting valuable time and money by adopting an efficient habit of clearly documenting your output no matter if you decide to record the song professionally in the future or not you can still be assured that your intellectual property is well maintained and this offers you peace of mind to pursue your next project and further build your portfolio. The question of protection of your intellectual property always used to niggle at the back of my mind when writing new songs. That's why for a long time, I didn't dare to share my songs with anyone for fear of having them stolen. For those of you who wish to release your music for public consumption via CD Baby to digital platforms, for example, another tip is to register yourself with a rights association such as the PRS in the UK, for example. For me, this involved a one-off fee of £100, but it's a way to protect your songs and make the potential collection of royalties from radio play, for example, much easier. Each song you register is allocated a tune code which is unique for every song. Alongside joining the PRS or a similar organisation, I would also recommend that you sign up to the PPL or similar, depending on where you are from as well. The PPL is the UK's music licensing company for performers and recording rights holders. This helps to give your songs an added layer of protection. In order to complete your PPL registration of one of your songs, for example, you will need to provide the tune code of your song registered with the PRS, as well as an IRSC code. IRSC codes are free, but you do need to contact the IFPI, which is the appointed agent by the ISO, the international organization for standardization. In my case, it was the Hong Kong branch. It's a very straightforward procedure and for me it involved filling out a form and a phone call, and within a matter of days, 100 individual codes were sent via email, at no charge. IRSC codes play an important role in retaining ownership of a song, as well as making the process of collecting royalties easier. The PPL also helped to track and record radio play from around the world, and similar to the PRS, payout royalties were due annually Or twice a year and the difference between the PPL and the PRS is that you don't have to pay a fee for the PPL. In my humble opinion if one is thinking seriously about writing music it would be advisable to take these steps to effectively protect your intellectual property. Writing a good song is one thing and is often the result of hundreds of hours of study and practice on your part. Therefore, a couple of extra hours to formally document your work is well worth it. It can be tedious, as with all administration work, but this preparation will stand you in good stead for the future. Back to my story, and by 2016 I was divorced, and custody of my one year old son was awarded to his mother. However, I started to believe in myself more to write not only original songs for my students but also original stories too this was due mainly to the love and support of my partner june whom i married in late 2016. she remains my best friend fiercest critic and biggest inspiration and we celebrated our daughter's second birthday very recently with her unconditional support and encouragement my creativity started to manifest and find its feet not only in my work for my students, but in my songs in other genres too. Thus far, yielding upwards of 75 songs, a modest crop by all accounts, but nevertheless it's amazing what one can achieve when one's personal life is settled and you meet the right person in your lives. All of my songs are registered with the PRS, and the ones I have released are with the PPL as well. As well as giving me an extra level of security, it's a great morale booster when you can look back and see how many songs you have written over the years. In time, an acorn may grow into a mighty oak, but it needs time. Another benefit of the PRS is that you will be paid royalties for any performance you give either within or outside your place of residence, for me being Hong Kong. TV and radio performances are also included. Therefore, after each public performance, it would be wise to register both the location and date, but also the songs you performed with the PRS as soon as possible, in case you forget, as this has happened to me before. What I've also learned during this five-year period is that if I exercised my songwriting muscles regularly, the process would become smoother and more intuitive. My normal practice is a somewhat old-fashioned and cliched singer-songwriter approach. I work on songs in my bedroom for between one to two hours at a time, notepad and pencil in hand. I usually approach songwriting only when I feel I have a clear theme to start with, and more often than not, I can always produce a song or the majority of one after a single writing session. Sometimes the product was not what I thought it would be, or what I originally set out to write, but I was encouraged that I could write something. I had the guitar in hand throughout, trying to weave a melody through chords, and sometimes the melody would come first, sometimes a lyric phrase. But each song was different, usually the verse or chorus would emerge, and once that was more or less established, I would add a bridge. Between 2016 and 2019 especially, I had a mindset to write as many songs as possible to beat last year's output, and I rarely returned to the songs once I'd written them, edited them, and recorded a demo recording of them for my records. I moved on quickly, perhaps too quickly, to the next song. I think I knew I was building up a stockpile of songs to choose from at a later date and I didn't want to stem the creative flow that I was experiencing. I just kept writing when I had a theme. I never sat down and said, today I'm going to write a song, unless that overarching theme was there, which funnily enough sometimes changed course during the songwriting session. I mulled over a theme for a while before sitting down to write. That was important to me for otherwise the song would hold no meaning in my mind. It never felt like a job or a regular time of the day, week or even month to write. It was all quite down to personal mood as to whether I would try to write a song or not. I really didn't know when the next song would make an appearance and as I have a full-time job and family responsibilities I never felt any pressure to write songs either. It's always been a pleasure and a hobby. Now, looking back, I would have done things slightly different. Although at the time I think I got a lot of the things right, i.e. a quiet place to work, logging of the song details and the ambition and drive to push forward, I would have taken even more time to take more detailed notes and recordings of each song. I would also have sought out more feedback on the songs at all stages of the writing process, from the initial idea and theme, to chord structures, progressions, lyrics and the way they sit in the verse, chorus, etc., and other points. Different feedback from different people is always welcome. Of course one must trust one's gut feeling about a song, but it's okay to let other people listen in and comment, even at the early stages. Another useful tip, which I have started to do since 2020, is to befriend songwriters and musicians who are better or at least equal to you. That is, if you want to improve, I don't mean that you can't be friends to others as well, of course, but in the spirit of self-improvement and advancement, it is wise to be aware of the company you keep. Seek out their advice, learn from them, and do it all not in the spirit of trying to beat them or anyone else, but to improve one's self and to better your previous self. Comparing against my previous song has helped me to try and improve. A friend once told me that in a live performance context, you're only as good as your last song, so make sure it's a good one. I believe it to be the same with songwriting. If possible, it may also be helpful to join songwriting community groups on social media, for example. From a personal point of view, the removal of any type of ego is important, but this has never been an issue with me. Try to learn from every possible person and situation one finds oneself in. Be open-minded and flexible. What I learned whilst doing my PGDE at the University of Hong Kong, was the idea of empirical observation and self-reflection in a teaching sense, which I've also applied as an overarching philosophy to my life in general. If something doesn't work, ask why and try to fix it. If it does work, ask why and how you can make it even better. Students are great sounding boards for new songs, chants and stories, for example, but sometimes they may not like everything. And the good thing is they will let you know very quickly. One must try and keep trying, constantly searching to find the right formula, be it for a lesson or for a song or anything. Another point for the would-be professional songwriter, myself included, is to be able to write even when you don't feel like it or if you have no idea or theme for a song. To be able to write to a deadline and to order and to produce the goods to a high standard under any circumstances is my definition of what a professional songwriter has to do on a daily basis, even when the sky is falling down and you don't feel like doing anything. This concept was alien to me before, but I have recently started to adopt this practice, or at least, to try. Valuable days, weeks or even months may go by until you suddenly have the urge to write a song. Instead, use everyday life to help you. For me, my routine as a teacher has always helped me to have an organized approach to time management, as I need to sleep early and wake up early. I also know, as part of my job duties, that I'll be required to write at least two to three drama stories and accompanying songs every year, plus, I do try to upload new song videos to my Teacher Ham YouTube page every month as well. This sense of routine helps to push me and keep me to a timetable of sorts. Everything that happens in your daily life can filter through to your writing, therefore utilize those ideas, feelings, observations and scenarios, and continue to broaden your portfolio with different types of songs about different feelings. And not necessarily your own feelings either, as remember, as songwriters, we have poetic license. We can say something by saying nothing, and vice versa, and can write in the third person as well as the first. Be more flexible and fluid in your mindset and approach and experiment with the medium we are working hard to master. I'd just like to finish this initial podcast with some information about the next episode and my debut album due for release through CD Baby via all major digital platforms on the 30th of April 2021. Let's Join Hands is a nine track eclectic mix of Celtic folk, Americana, soft rock, traditional and modern country and easy listening. A journey in which, in order to complete, I had to cross a most turbulent sea, the year 2020, and the tragedy of the COVID 19 pandemic. The album was recorded, produced, and mastered from April 2020 to February 2021 and involved musicians from the UK, Australia, and Hong Kong. I believe it to be a truly worldwide collaborative effort, testimony to the spirit. Of teamwork during these trying times. I sincerely hope that you've managed to take something useful from this first podcast and that it can aid you in your future career development as songwriters. In the next episode I'm going to discuss in detail the songwriting process and stories behind the five songs that made up my debut EP Hope Love Never Dies, released on the 8th of March, 2019. Until then, take good care and stay safe. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.